So, um, so the Fox ones, Unison ones, Pods ones, modulate. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Welcome to 930 service. If we could all stand, we're going to open in prayer this morning. Amen. So good to see each and every one of you. Amen. Good to be in God's house. God of heaven, we love you today. Lord, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your blessings. Lord, we pray that you would have your way, God, today in this house. God, we pray that the windows of heaven, God, would be open. God, that we would hear a word from you. God, that you would do something, God, in our midst today. God, that, that we would bring our very best praise, God, before you today. God, that you would, you would inhabit, God, that you would dwell, God, in the praises of your people today. God, we thank you. God, we give you honor. We give you glory. We give you praise today. God, we welcome your presence, God, into this sanctuary. God, we pray, God, that you would just minister, God, to every need. Minister, God, to every heart, to every mind. God, I pray that your, your presence, God, would be poured out. God, that, that we would offer, God, our very best before you today. God, I love you. God, I thank you. I give you praise. I give you glory. And I give you honor. Amen. Worship with the praise team.
I do want to mention our young people have a great opportunity this week. They're going to be leaving out on Tuesday going to a North America Youth Congress, an event where I don't know how many. I know they fill up an entire, how many? 40,000 young people will be going together, worshiping the Lord at what used to be the Rams Stadium in uh, St. Louis. So keep them in your prayers. At the 11 o'clock service today, we have a back to school uh, rally and we have Shout and Shannon Peacock coming in to minister to the entire family. And uh, Shannon has an awesome gift and a great testimony of how God took uh, something that should have been negative in his life and God turned it around into his ministry, a portion of his ministry. Amen. You know God's able to do that in your life. Shannon uh, will tell you he, he battled uh, or he had a diagnosis of Tourette's and he thought it was over and yet he found himself in family ministry and God used that and saved many, 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 many children, thousands of children through that. So we're looking forward to having him with us today. Uh, after service, we will be going out and having our extravaganza. We do have a lot of backpacks to give away. We do want to also thank New Beginnings Church in Ludwissi. They helped donate. Uh, the, they donated the backpacks and found out we had school supplies to give away, and they gave the backpack. So commend them. Amen. Genesis 21, if you have it, turn with me. Verse 21, you can stand for the reading of the word if you like. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. You ever had God say something in your life? Anybody ever had? You, I, I'm not saying it's got to be loud. It's got to be, you know, demonstrative. But you ever feel like you had God speak into your life, whether it was in a church or whether it was in your bedroom, laying on your bed in the middle of the night, God spoke something to you. It says here that the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. Keep in mind, Abraham was 100. At the set time of which God had spoken to him. And Abraham called the name, what's that old song? When it, when it says, at the set time which God had spoken to him. What's that old song, Brother Banks? He may not come when you want him. But he's always right on time. He's an on time God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And it says, And Abraham called the name of his son that was born unto him, whom Sarah bare to him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son Isaac before eight days old, as God had commanded him. And Abraham was a hundred years old. You thought you were too old to have a child. When his son Isaac was born unto him, can you imagine raising a baby on a cane? 
I have trouble enough getting down to the floor now. And uh, Sarah said, God hath made me laugh so that all that will hear me will laugh with me. And she said, who would have said, Abraham, that Sarah should have given children suck? For I have borne him a son in his old age. In verse 8, the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham mocking. And wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. I want to preach for just a few minutes on the subject of the son of promise. The son of promise. Brother Fowler, would you lead us in prayer? Oh, we love you. Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a hand. You can be seated in Jesus' name. I am talking today about the Son of Promise, but more importantly, uh, I feel like I'm talking to you. I'm talking about the son of promise, and I'm talking about this child thousands of years ago born to Abraham when he was 100 years old. And I'm talking about the promise that God gave Abraham, the promise that God gave Sarah, but I'm also talking about the promise that God gave you. The promise that God gave you. Amen. Abraham had a son already, but that son was not the son of promise. His name was Ishmael, and he was born of the bondwoman Hagar. And he was what's referred to biblically as the son of bondage. And yet Sarah, his wife, God had already told him, in essence, she was going to have his child. And this child was going to be the promise of God. He was going to be the blessing of God. If you look at Romans chapter 9 and verse 9, Paul talking about uh, the Jewish people. He says, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing witness in the Holy Ghost. I have great heaviness and sorrow in my heart because I wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh. And then he begins to describe... Pardon this interruption. This is a broadcast. Do y'all hear that? <laughs> Sorry. And uh, something's coming through on our microphone systems. For I could wish that myself were a curse. But then he says, he's talking about his brethren in the flesh. He's talking about Israel here. He said, who are Israelites? They pertain to the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. And then in verse 5 he said, Whose are the fathers and of whom as concerning the flesh came, who is over all, God bless forever. Not as though the word of God has taken none effect, for they not are not all of Israel, which are Israel. So now Paul begins to clarify that this is no longer talking about Israel itself. But now he, he begins to shift this. And he says, neither because they are the seed of Abraham, 
Are they all children? But in Isaac shall thy seed be called. That is, they which are the children of the flesh. And he clarifies it here. These are not the children of God. But the children of the promise are counted for the seed. For this is the word of promise. At this time I will come and Sarah shall have a son. Through Christ we become the children of promise. And Isaac, he said, shall all thy seed be blessed. And yet now we know and we understand that this promise is to those who walk and live according to the Spirit of God. Amen. When you are filled with God's Spirit, you have that promise of Abraham inside of you. You have the promise. Praise God. And in this promise, you shall be blessed. Isaac was that promise. Can I tell you this? I asked you a few minutes ago to raise your hand if God had given you a promise. All right, go ahead and raise that hand again. If God has spoken to you in your life at some point in time, he, He's given you a promise. He says something. Now, how many that held that same hand up would say, would raise your hand up to this, God has given me some promises that I have not seen come to pass in my life. Would you raise your hand? You have not seen them yet. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 says, for all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. So what is that saying, Pastor? That's saying it doesn't matter if it hasn't come yet. It's on the way. It doesn't matter if you haven't seen it yet. When God gives you a promise, that promise is going to come. And, and, and that there is a promise that God has given you and there are promises in your life and they are yea and amen. And instead of looking at the circumstances, we need to look at the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob and see that he is a promise-fulfilling God. When he gives you a promise, he will fulfill that promise you are going to see that promise come to pass. But pastor, you don't understand. It's been 38 and a half years. Or God gave me that promise a year ago and I haven't seen anything happen. The first of the year, God gave me a promise and, and, and I haven't, and, and I'm getting frustrated and I'm getting upset because I haven't seen what God said was going to happen come to pass. Now I want you to think about this. Before Abraham visualized his promise, he was 100 years old. He was raising an infant on a cane. I'm not saying he was on a cane. I'm guessing 100 years old, you're on a cane. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe you're you know, running down to Planet Fitness and throwing up, you know, three reps of every machine in there when you're 100. But I know at 53, it's pretty rough. And, uh, so I want to ask you. I, I had a group of hands that said, you're still waiting on a promise. Go ahead and raise those hands. Now I want to ask you, put those hands down. 
Have you waited till you're a hundred years old yet? Then none of you have waited on your promise as long as Abraham had it. And therefore, you've absolutely got no right to say my promise is not coming. Because Abraham's promise came when he was 100 years old. You're not 100 years old yet. Can I prophesy to you? Your promise is still coming. Your promise is still coming. Your promise is still coming. You have promises of God. We have promises of salvation. We have promises. I've seen people. This is the kind of church we are. Okay, this is life. We're, we're, we are a conservative church. I won't say we're not, but, but we're also, we, we also allow people to grow in God at their own pace. We're not force, forcing anybody, you know, we're not trying to force that flower to bloom. It, it, it's your pace that you go at. It, it's your relationship with God. And, 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 and you know, if, if you haven't repented of your sins, we're not going to force you to repent of your sins. We're going to wait on you and God to form this relationship. And when He convicts you and deals with your heart, then you'll repent of your sins. We're, we're not burying somebody in baptism in the name of Jesus forcefully. We're not coming up to you at the end of service and saying, you've got to go up there. It is a choice that you make in your relationship with God that I want to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Nobody's pushing you. Nobody's forcing you. We're teaching. We're sharing. Same thing with the Holy Ghost. If you don't want to be filled with the Spirit of God in your life, nobody is going to force that to happen. It is a choice. It's something you want to do. It's not something you have to do. It, 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 it's something that it, it, when you get ready and in that relationship with God and you've turned your life around and you come up here and you throw your hands up in the air or you're kneeling at an altar at any, whatever position you so desire and God fills you with His presence. He comes into your life in a way that's uh, unremarkable, undeniable, and, and amazing, and great. You've got promises of God. You have promises of God. You have promises of salvation. You have promises of anointing. You have promises of anointing. It's the anointing, the scripture says, that destroys the yokes of bondage. In a world filled with bondage, we need anointing. With all the drug addiction, with all the depression, with all the anxiety in this life, we need the anointing. You need the anointing, and there is a promise of anointing upon your life. And then, some of you raised your hands to say there's things God's promised you that you haven't seen come to pass yet. Perhaps that's dreams or visions. Would you Slip your hand up. It will be interactive today. There's a dream that you've had. This morning, I, I have to share this. I had this dream when I came here. And the dream when I came here was that multiple vans would be running to pick up people to come to church. And, and, and I was really excited about that. You know, I'm talking 20 years ago. You know, we're over in that church over there and we got this old long blue van and uh, and, and, and you know, I'm just, and we don't have many adults. We've got a lot of kids, we don't have many adults back then. 
And I'm thinking, I just got this vision of these bands running, you know, just and, and these people coming in with uh, names and lists, and they're they're going here, and I'm going here, and I'm going to do this, and this one's this. And, and this morning, this morning, Brother Fowler was in there. We had a meeting, and, and all of a sudden, I, I was just like, this is something that I dreamed 20 years ago. And here today, today in 2023, it finally came to pass. They were in there. They had their notebooks and their forms, and, and this man was going to pick eight people up, and this other man was going over here to pick four people up, and they had a driver, and they had a rider riding with them, and they were going different places all over Hinesville to bring people to the house. Maybe that doesn't seem like much to you, but to me, that was a promise of God that God promised me 20 years ago. And today, 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 I don't think it's strange that it suddenly happened right here, right now. And I tell you, you're not aimlessly floating through life. God has a plan. You, you didn't just happen here and, you know, you're just not... Uh, wherever, whatever. No, God has a path. God has a journey. God has a call and a plan for your life. And that plan is yea and amen. It's yea and amen. But can I tell you this? As much as God has a plan for your life, and as much as God is taking you on this journey, and as much as the promises of God are yea and amen, I want you to think about Abraham and Sarah. Now, how many agree that Isaac was the son of promise? How many agree that God was going to bless Abraham? Bless his land, bless his family, bless... And we, need, we know that. And how many agree that God ultimately did bring Isaac to pass? Now, how many would agree... That Abraham tried his best to mess God's plan up. Anybody? Sarah. Not just Abraham. Sarah tried to mess God's plan up. She concocted this idea that since it wasn't happening fast enough. Do you ever get upset when God's vision for your life, these dreams, something that God's given you, this calling, this anointing, something God instilled in you that He wants to do? Have you ever gotten so upset that you're, you're tired of waiting so you just kind of throw some dynamite in there? Any, anybody? And you just blow it up. And, and can I tell you, that's what Abraham and Sarah were doing when they brought Hagar into their relationship and, and, and Sarah was saying God I'm tired of waiting for your promise it's not happening like I want it to happen it's not going on in the time frame that I have allotted it's not working with my calendar it's not working the appointment is not set up when I want it set up so here you go God I'm just going to throw a stick of dynamite in and I'm going to fix it myself and all of a sudden, here is the son of the bondwoman, Ishmael. And sometimes there are promise themes 
that the enemy sets in our life to try to prevent us from obtaining what God is wanting to do. Promise thieves. Promise thieves. Samson kept laying his lap in the laying his head in Delilah's lap. We sometimes keep laying our head in doubt's lap. And we just doubt one more time. Don't lay your head on doubt. And please don't lay it. Sometimes fear wants to control us into not believing that God's going to do what He said He was going to do. Fear wants to set in. Anxiety wants to happen. And we say, well, it's not happening. Because it hadn't happened so far, it's not going to happen. So let me take care of it. Frustration. Anybody been frustrated? What frustration does is makes you want to throw your hands up and walk away. And God wants you to know, don't let frustration steal your promise. Another, another thief is impatience. When things don't happen fast enough, do we have any impatient people? You want me to tell you what the biblical remedy for impatience is? Can anybody guess that? You've got impatience. And you're not waiting on God. And do you want to know what God's remedy for impatience is? He allows trials to come into your life when you don't have patience. To build patience inside of you. When he sees that weak area in you that's impatient, he begins to go to work on that. And he, he doesn't send them, but he allows. He, he, he'll take that, he'll take that hedge down for that period of time and allow that trial to come into your life. And at the end of that trial, hopefully, what's gonna have happened in your life? You'll get patience. And if you don't, if you don't, I, I, I'm, I'm very experienced at this. This is the one thing I got a lot of experience at. If you don't learn from that trial, for that patience, then you're going to repeat that class again. And but he'll give you a little period of rest, and then he's going to pull that hedge back a little bit, and all of a sudden here's going to come another trial. And, it's just going to be a little bit more intense this time than it was last time because he's trying to get your attention to let you know, hey, we're working on something here. Yes. I'm not here to hurt you. This trial's not here to cause pain in you, but I am here to work this impatience out of you because I've got a promise for your life and it's on the way and it is coming and it's going to happen. But you've got to understand this. Is that trial's coming. That trial's coming. And he's going to keep bringing that trial back until you ace that trial. And you just, you just sit back and you smile. And, and you're like, I'm waiting on my promise. I've learned to wait. Lay the weight upon the Lord. Shall renew their strength. Galatians. 
just impatience. Confusion, confusing circumstances battle you into wondering if the promises of God were really God. Something happens to somebody you love. Somebody that maybe was a mentor to you walks out on their faith. And it leaves you confused. Somebody that you know was a child of God battles some terrible disease and goes early to receive their reward. And it leaves you confused. And that confusion, if we're not careful, will infiltrate our faith. And that confusion, if we're not careful, will steal our promise. You see, the promise is about you and God. It's not about them and God. Your promise is about you and God. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody say amen. And then I'll say, and last on that, fatigue and weariness will cause you to give up and will wear you down to try to take your promises. You just worked so hard for your promise. You gave it your all. You pushed. You pressed. You went through every trial. You suffered. You strained to reach the mark of the prize of God. And, and, and you push and you push and you push. And as you push, it causes a weariness to come in. And it causes a fatigue to happen in your life physically and mentally or emotionally and, and, and also spiritually. But Paul addresses this when he says in Galatians 9, 6 and 9, And let us not be weary in well-doing. In doing what we're called to do. In doing what we're supposed to do. For in due season. You might be a hundred years old. Abraham. Not you, Abraham. If I tell y'all it's going to be a hundred years, y'all. Abraham waited. Amen. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap. If we faint not, we shall reap if we faint not. Hallelujah. Galatians 4 tells us, Now we, brethren, as Isaac, are the children of promise. Would you stand and just say, I'm a child of promise. I am a child of promise. Why don't you throw your hands up in the air right now? I'm a child of promise. I, I am an Isaac, God. And I know, Lord, that you've got promises in my life and that you're going to do great things in my life and I'm going to keep pushing and living and praise God you can receive it in Jesus name Jeremiah 29 and 11 popular scripture it used to be on our wall over here for a long time for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and to not harm you. Plans to give you hope. And a future. And you thought. You thought. When that impatience showed up. And God allowed that trial to come in. That that trial was going to kill you. But it didn't kill you did it? It helped you. Become the child of God. God was trying to get you. Okay, it worked something out of you. And once it worked that out of you, 
now you're ready to obtain the real promise and not go out and develop false promises. Praise God. God's plans aren't to harm you. They're not to hurt you. They're not to harm your family. They're not to hurt them. They're plans to give you a hope and a future. They're plans for His peace to be in your life. For His anointing to saturate upon you. To have Him walking with you each and every day. For you to wake up in the cool of the morning every morning. And God is there speaking into your life. That's God's plans. So first of all, I want to say there is a promise for you. There is a promise for you. Say that with me. There is a promise for me. Y'all got to stand up and give me more of that. I know it might be the early service, but y'all got more. There is a promise for me. What do you say? For me. You can be seated. Now, I want you to say, it might take a while, but I'm willing to wait for it. If you're willing to wait for it, stand up and say, I'm willing to wait for it. You can be seated. I, no matter how long it takes, that's why Sarah laughs. There, here at this close. It was so, what God did was so ridiculous. It was so out of the box. It was so enormous. You see, sometimes God gets us to the place that we don't understand why. And, and, and he gets us to the place that Ishmael happened because Sarah and Abraham concocted this plan. So you could somewhat say they created this plan. But God's promise for you, you've got to understand the Isaac, the, the promise of Isaac here was not Abraham and Sarah's plan. It was God's plan. If, I, how would you have felt if God would have said, I'm going to give you Abby when you're 100? Could you keep up with Abby at 100? <laughs> you better be able to afford many babysitters, right? Hallelujah. No matter how long it takes. And I want you to remember this when you leave here today. Abraham was a hundred years old when that promised child cried for the first time. And you think you've been waiting a long time. You think you've been waiting. Genesis 17. And when Abram was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am Almighty God. Walk before me. Be thou perfect, and I'm going to make a covenant with you. And God gives him this promise. But then if we go on and we skip over a few, and we skip over some, we find that when Isaac was born, that he was 100 years old. Galatians 4. 
Now, I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differs nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed. Even so, we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. But when the fullness of time came, God sent his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because you are sons... God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, now verse 7, very important. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Oh, praise God. Somebody. In verse 8, how be it then, when you knew not gods, you did service unto them which by nature are no gods. But now, after that you have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn you again to the weak and beggarly elements? Do you realize that you are a special child of God? God's hand is upon your life. You keep trying to blow it up. You get, like I said earlier, you keep trying to mess it up. And God keeps chasing after you because of his love for you and because he has a promise for you. Even though Abraham and Sarah had messed, tried to mess up the promise, God still had that covenant relationship with them. Isaac was still coming no matter how many efforts they gave to mess up the plan of God. Can I tell you, Isaac is still coming. Your promise is still coming no matter how you try to hinder it or stop it or became impatient for it or got frustrated waiting on it or gotten upset or confused or fatigued or whatever it is, the promise is still coming. Hallelujah. I'm closing with this, if y'all understand it. And it came to pass. They play something softly. The beggar died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. And the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. And he sees Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. For I am tortured in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, remember that thou in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things and Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted. And thou art committed. And I say that to say it is the promise of God. The promised plan God has for you. The promise that we sometimes fight off. The promise that we get frustrated waiting on. The promise that we get tired of working for. The promise that doesn't come at the appointed time we expected it to come. Abraham was a hundred years old. Remember that. It's still on the way. And God's hand is upon your life. It's time to throw our hands in the air and quit trying to sabotage the promises. 
when they don't come on time or when we're struggling or when we're tired. The promises of God. Remember this. The scripture said are yea and amen. The promises of God are yea and amen. Is there anybody right now who wants to come down and say, God, I'm willing to wait on my promise. I want to stir up my promise. I believe you. I trust you. I know that you are able to give it to me. I know that you, you're going to do something in my life, God. I may not know when. I may not know how. But I am not going to push the date. I'm not going to push the time. I'm going to wait on you, Lord. I'm going to wait on you, Lord.
such a sweet presence of the Lord. Amen. If your prayer, just continue to pray. They can let that music play, but we're going to be dismissed. You can come to the 11 o'clock service. That's awesome. If not, we'll see you on Tuesday night. Amen. Let's pray. God of heaven, we love you. We thank you today for your goodness. God, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your promises. God, help us to be patient. God, and wait for the promise. God, to know and understand, God, that what you've spoken, you will fulfill, God, in due season, in due time. God, we thank you today. God, we love you. God, we thank you for your word. God, have your way and be with us. In Jesus' name.